Welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast. Here you will hear Pastor Ethan Callison journey with people just like you from Fellowship Community Church. Our goal is to engage in God's Word to find Jesus in the Scriptures every day. We desire this podcast not to be a substitute for your Bible reading, but rather a compliment so that you encounter Jesus and live a changed life. Here's your host, Pastor Ethan Callison. Well, welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, where every word, thought, verse, and chapter of the scriptures point us to the person of Jesus. My name is Ethan Callison. Thank you for joining us in here as we uh, conclude uh, the first week with Daniel Nicholas being with us from our Salem campus. We're here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, we want you to read God's word first before hopping into this podcast. Uh, so go ahead and make sure you do that. Um, but if not, go ahead and pause it, read God's word. And if you have, plus play, plus press play, and let's continue in the, in the text here. Uh, Daniel, before we hop into uh, chapter 7 today, uh, something I think is just always just beneficial for the body. Uh, even a couple weeks ago, we had uh, six baptisms actually at our Southwest campus. We've had a couple at our North campus this year and a, a couple here at our Salem campus. Uh, I love hearing stories of life change and transformation. And I think that's something that um, we can almost forget about, was like that moment in time that Christ changed us. Uh, and so it's always encouraging to hear people's stories. How did you come into a personal relationship with Jesus? Uh, so if you don't mind, could you share with us how you came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah. I think it really first started probably when I was around, I don't know, nine or 10 years old. Um, I remember the exact moment when my mom kind of sat me down on my bed mm-hmm. and started talking to me about Christ and and how to be saved and what it means to put your faith in Christ and everything. Um, we had initially gone to a Catholic church throughout my early childhood. And then um, we started going to a, I guess it was a Baptist church. I think it's non-denominational, but basically a Baptist church mm-hmm. um, for a while. And I think that was kind of when the faith of a lot of my family members started to really grow. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, I was probably in third grade when my mom had that talk with me. And my mom's always been somebody who's been very devoted to her faith. And she's always been a a really good example for that as well. Um, but yeah, she sat me down on my bed and we prayed. And ever since that moment, that was a sort of a clear defining moment, I think. And so I was, I was quite young at that time, but I think over the next several years, I, I continued to grow in knowledge of God and everything. And then there was a very distinct period when I was in college as well, in undergrad, when I felt like my faith was kind of revitalized a lot. Mm, mm -hmm. And I started to understand what grace meant a Mm. lot more. Um, It was, I went to this church in uh, Michigan. um, And going back to when I started at the Baptist church, we would, I felt like their theology was pretty on target with everything. Um, And they would talk about grace being, you know, not of works, but as a gift from God. And then they'd, you know, move on to some other topic and they didn't really go too much into it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was in college at that church, we, I really felt like I understood grace at that time. So I think that was a time when my faith was, although I'd never lost my faith, my faith was completely revitalized. And I think it's, was changed for the better Mm -hmm. at that time. That's cool. You know, uh, I have a huge passion for the next generation. And uh, when you look statistically speaking, it's somewhere between 75 and 80% of people come into a personal relationship with Jesus before they're 18. And then now when you look at our culture today, between like that 18 and 24 years old Mm -hmm. is a very pivotal time uh, where people either begin to own their faith or a common term now is like deconstruct their faith mm-hmm. and, and kind of walk away from it. So thanks, that's, that's encouraging to hear. Yeah. Uh, up at, what church was it in Ann Arbor, Michigan that you went to? It was called New Life Church. New Life. So if you're a listener in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and you're looking for a church, 
Yes. Go to New Life Church. Yeah, very good church. There you go. All right, so we're here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, what was the text that the Holy Spirit illuminated and you highlighted and wrote down today? So it was verse 9, which says, As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. And that's good. What is, what is Paul writing this about? What's going on here? So just to give a little bit of context, Paul was talking about uh, this previous letter that he had written that he kind of talks about as being sort of a harsh letter Mm -hmm. to the Corinthians and that it may have caused them a little bit of grief or discomfort, Mm -hmm. but it's really to sort of get them back on the right track Mm -hmm. and to really kind of um, correct them. Um, So, uh, and he also talks about how, I think the phrasing is kind of funny in the ESV. He's like, I felt grieved about this, but I didn't really feel that grieved about this, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. because he knew that it was it was going to, uh, uh, you know, help turn them back to the Lord. Um, and so I, I think, you know, jumping a little bit ahead into the apply section, uh-huh. um, I think we need to sometimes do an examination of our, of our conscience mm. and really look at, you know, what things are grieving us. Some things that grieve us, you know, there's, I feel like there's always a purpose for our the grief that we have. God is fully aware of every situation and why we have grief. And, um, sometimes it's things that are outside of our control and sometimes it's, um, things that maybe we, we did. Mm -hmm. And so when we can recognize that, then it can turn us back to the right path Mm -hmm. and turn us back to the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I remember Josh Warner, Salem campus pastor here, uh, was student pastor was talking about Oh, this is probably been months ago. He was preaching and said, you know, uh, yes, the word does comfort us. Uh, but one other thing that the word does is it convicts us. Mm-hmm. And we get here from Paul's letter, uh, it, although we we actually don't have the letter that he wrote that he's referring to mm-hmm. in this. You know, I, I, you're right there in verse eight says, for even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Yeah. Though I did regret it for that I see <laughs> yeah. that the letter grieved you, though for only a little while. Uh, yeah. But now I'm grateful for it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's funny. That's I think we see a little bit of Paul's personality <laughs> yes. right yes. there. I mean, yes, the word is divinely inspired, but uh, you know, there's different personalities Absolutely. definitely, and I think that's just kind of a, a funny way Paul phrases it. Yep. Like, I was upset, but I really wasn't. But I kind of was, but I sort of wasn't. But I knew it was the right thing to do. Correct. But, yeah. And so even when you look at it, like uh, the word convicts us, the the spirit convicts us, and I think sometimes we. Uh, we'll grow callous to that where we're not, uh, if we like don't listen, don't obey the spirit's prickings. And it's like, mm-hmm. we become callous to it uh, as well as like other people like here, Paul is exhorting the Corinthians like, Hey, mm-hmm. you're not following Jesus in these areas. And I think even more so probably in today than what I've seen in the past, just reading and such is like, we're cancel culture. You don't like, I don't like what you're saying to me. I'm done with you. I'm moving on. But yet Christ calls us like, no, to heed that. Uh, and I like a leadership axiom that that I try to walk by is like, when I receive criticism, even if I disagree with the person, try to find one gold nugget that I can apply. What's one mm-hmm. thing they said that was truthless? Let me disagree with 99%. What's the 1% that I, that I do agree with or that I pulled out from? And I think that's kind of what we we're seeing here in, in Paul's letter. Yeah. And I think one of the ways, another way to apply this is to speak the truth in love mm, to mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. like you were saying about finding f- some area of common ground, yeah. right? Especially when you're, you know, talking to people in a way that our culture might find offensive, which unfortunately a lot of Christian beliefs are considered offensive yeah. <laughs> nowadays in in, our, in this culture. Um, so yeah, speaking the truth in love. And, you know, we don't, like you said, we don't know exactly what Paul had 
wrote to the Corinthians, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there was ultimately a love behind it that was helping to guide them. Correct. And even going down, uh, I want to spend a little bit of time. Verse 10 says, for godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. What do you see here in this text? Well, um, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. When you're yeah, this, like, yeah, but yeah. worldly worldly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. What's kind of the difference that Paul's bringing forth here? Yeah, um, I think when people get so wrapped up in sin, and they, you know, there's a lot of consequences to sin. Mm. I mean, whether it be something obvious like jail time yeah. if you commit a crime or if you hurt somebody and your relationship is damaged from it yeah. or we hurt ourselves with sin a lot of yeah. there's a lot of sins that um, that hurt us and may not necessarily affect other people um, and that is ultimately going to lead to destruction that kind of sin but if God is sort of guiding the grief to be used for a specific purpose then that purpose is going to be fulfilled. And we know based on God's character of, you know, perfect in love and kindness and justice and all of those things that any grief that he puts on us is ultimately going to be for our benefit. Mm, that's good. Yeah, it, very good. One of the thoughts that I had coming out of this was like, uh, I think sometimes people, I'll even use this illustration, like they're sorry they got caught. Mm-hmm. They're not sorry about like, I'm like cookie jar. My hand was in the cookie jar and I'm sorry they got caught. But like if I had to do it again, I'd still get the cookie. Like, I, I still want that. Rather, I think when you look at this, leads to repentance. Godly grief, when we're conv- conv- convicted of something in our lives, it leads us to change. Um, but that was, that was very good, Daniel. Uh, did the Spirit produce anything? To, how do you respond to this text uh, today? For me personally, I do have a lot of family members that, that don't know the Lord. And so um, I think going back to that, speaking the truth in love is, is really important. And for me, wanting to sort of reach out to them and help them to come to a knowledge of the Lord. That's good. Good word. Well, thanks for joining us here in week 17 on the Jesus Everyday Podcast. Look forward to continuing with Daniel next week in the book of 2 Corinthians. 